Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. This Sunday is a slightly different Sunday. We are kicking off sowing in summer. And I just want to make a few statements as we go into the season, which is going to be, because I realize we haven't spoken about it with the community, we've spoken about the leaders, but a season of calling us to what God has for us in this time. And I want to make a few just key statements about what that is. Because we said at the beginning of the year when we planted Milton, God is calling us to pioneer. I believe at the very nature and essence of the gospel of who God is, is a pioneering God. When I look at God, and Craig used the word extending, that it would extend, that we would be extended, who God is an extending God. He said, actually, I'm going to end from heaven and the perfection of heaven, and I can see they're in trouble, and say, son, will you go? And God extended himself through his son so that we could receive the greatest story ever, salvation. And God calls us, so why the season is sowing? And we put this um, scripture up, Psalm 78 verse 6, that the generation to come might know God's praiseworthy acts that the children still to be born might arise and recount them to their children. The church cannot be sleeping in the context and the focus of the next generation. With fees must fall. I trust we're on our knees. Our knees have to fall to see the justice of God come to our nation. Otherwise, we're not playing our part. I'm strongly convicted. The church's first role is to pray. And then we've got to speak justice and truth. We've got to watch what we are declaring. Craig speaks a word of declaring. I've got no idea what I'm speaking about. Feels, fees must fall. But we've got to be careful what we're declaring, even on Facebook, even on the medias. In the field. We are called to see the justice of God come. We're called to pray that in and to keep declaring that over our nation. But we have a role. Can we put that scripture up, please? To fight for the next generation and the gospel of the next generations to come. You see, a generation built this church. 70 people. They paid for the seats you sit on. They put these walls up in faith and sacrifice and obedience. And the challenge of the second generation and the even greater challenge of the third generation is always, will they fight for the next generation? Because the first generation biblically always had the next generation in mind. But unfortunately, the following generations dropped the ball. This is not about money. Let me just say up front, this is a generous church. We are paying all our, our bills. We are able to pay salaries. We are able to supply. We are able to, to do church and run electricity and air conditioning. And we're so grateful to God and we're so grateful to you for facilitating that. But this isn't about that. Nothing that we, we take up or raise at this time will go towards salaries or the running of this building. It's going towards the next generation, seeing the gospel advancing to the next year. And I trust that you would understand that. And I want to make a few key statements, but next week we're going to really care off. The first one is this. It's not about what we can do. And, and I've seen pastors do it. And to be honest, I cringe a little bit and I understand it, but it's like, if we each give 500 rand and we multiply that by how many people, uh, it's not about what we can do. It's not about what you give and you give and I add up to. It's about what God does in your heart and my heart when we give to his story, and to see people beyond ourselves. It's what the gospel does. It's taken me years to get this, guys. Let me say up front and confess to you that as a 19-year-old boy, I got saved at 14 into a church called Glenridge. I received all the benefits of, of, of back in the day, overhead projectors and a roof 
and a building that a community had sacrificed for, and they were raising money, and, and we grew. The church grew. God added. So, so they called to a building fund. We're going to plant a building. See, it was happened in 1999. You know what else happened in 1999? My parents got liquidated, and every safety net I ever had was taken away. And in my heart, in my head, in this journey that Craig was talking about, I said, you know what? I've got no bucks. All I've got is student loan. And actually, one day when I'm rich and God has been good, then I'll give. One day then. And that was in the, in the August of, of 1999. The building got built by December. I went away for four months. I was playing sports somewhere else. And I came back after five, five months. And the building was built. And I walked back into this building. And I began to worship. And I, and, and I realized that I had missed it. It wasn't about how much. It, it's never about how much. It's about what I allowed or didn't allow God to do in my heart. And from that day, I said, I'm never going to miss it again, God. I never, never want to miss it again. See, in that church that I didn't sow to put a brick in the wall, I sowed later for many years. But I didn't put a brick in the wall. In that church, I encountered the King of Kings. In that church, I met my wife. In that church, my whole life changed as I realized that God had called me to preach the gospel and not go sell ice creams for Unilever. In that church where someone else sowed, and it cut me so deep, I said, God, I never want to miss again. Why? Because there's a generation to come that include my children and your grandchildren. See, what Craig didn't tell you is they've just released their guy who leads their biggest site at a great cost to the local church because they have a dream to go plant a church in Japan. And this church from South Africa on the Rand are planting a church in Japan because in Japan, there are people who don't know Jesus. I want to be a part of that. To me, that calls... Looks like dying to live. I'll also tell you right up front that none of this will be motivated through guilt of any kind. Honestly, I grew up in a church where over 20 years I heard speaking about money three times. And can I be honest? I think that's wrong. When the Bible speaks about it a lot, we need to educate and call people to God's principles. But this will not be a motivation of guilt. The only motivation here is gospel. And if it's not, please don't give a cent. Please. If there is any guilt or anything, please don't give one cent. But if the gospel grips you and you believe that the kids behind here and, 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 and we're going to give to, we're calling the church to give. It's not just to this. One part of the giving is a heart for the house, which is this house. And we need to invest in our kids. We have a, we're in an area with with 60% single-parent homes, 60 to 65%, a lot of those single moms come to this church, and their kids, they find love and grace here. And sometimes they are jam-packed in classrooms, and they need facilities that we can invest in. Some of it is the heart for the house, and the ability to host the lost in the city that we want to host well. And a large part of it also is beyond our walls. We want to invest in church plants in Japan. Maybe that doesn't make sense to you. It didn't make sense to me for years. But because two people got in a Foxy bus, was it a Foxy bus? I keep telling a combi. Let me use the right story. Two people said, actually, we're going to leave comfort. We're going to put our two girls. I get to sit and worship in this place. And I'm saying our generation have to play a part. And we're going to speak about giving and understanding it. And I want to just make this statement. Every partner has a part to play. This is not for the rich. In my head, when I was 19... In 1999 or 20, when in 1999, it was someone else's gig. The rich guy in the church must give. It's about a family saying, we believe in the gospel. And whether it's two rand or a lot more, 
we're going to invest for future generations to come. And I just want to make a couple statements because with Craig, we've gone a little bit longer today. But what 2 Corinthians 9 speaks of, and we're going to explain it next week, there's a difference between, and, and it says this, says, now he who has supplies seed to the sower and bread for food. When the Bible speaks of provision and God's provision, it says there's seed for the sower to sow for future harvests. My parents used to be orange farmers. They sowed seed. It took seven years to bear a crop. After seven years, you got a harvest of oranges. Seven years. There's seed for the sower and food. The problem is our world says everything's about you, everything's food. And God wants to bring perspective and order. My greatest prayer in this series is not about the money raised, that God would bring his life where there's disorder and chaos in financial stories in this church, and it would affect way beyond. That's got to be the greatest prayer. Because I'm telling you guys, God's got to bring his order to our lives so that, the, that his peace can go out beyond. Where his government is. His government's got to come in our lives. So, just want to position this next little season. This is going to be a seven, to, uh, seven weeks from here. And we aren't preaching about money every week. But we're going to do something. and something I've never seen done and something I've never done. Next week, I want to tell you how we spend the money. Who would like to hear how church spends money? It's like these acts. Check those buckets going around. Where do those buckets go? We don't know where those buckets go. I want to tell you where the money goes. Because honestly, it's for the kingdom. It's for sowing. It's for a story. And, and we'll tell you how the money gets spent and what areas that gets spent and how it gets spent. Would that be helpful for you? I, I think it's helpful for me. Because we're partners. We don't call people to be members. We don't want to send you. We're partners. We're partnering a story. So we want to speak about how the money gets spent. And I want to do that next week. And then I want to position some of the thoughts in around the series and we aren't going to be doing a preaching series on finances. We're going to kick back into Philippians and allow God to get in our stories. But I would like one or two people who are part of the 70. They're still here. We talk about them. The 70. No, we don't. We don't. But they're still here and they're still sacrificed. One of, one of those couples named Henry and Jeannie George. When we said we'd love to go plant a church in a school hall in Milneton. You know who one of the first people say we want to go on that? Henry and Jeannie George who've worshipped the Lord for a long time, who've paid unbelievable prices. Jeannie used to work in the church. Henry's not actually been physically well. So the idea of being a part of a setup team in a school hall didn't make sense to me. And yet the pioneering spirit in those people exists and burns. I'm so grateful for Henry and Jeannie George. And I want that spirit to burn in me. And so we're going to talk about it next week. I'm going to position it in the light of Philippians 4. And then the weeks to go, I'd like to hear us to hear from one or two of those people. And I'd also like us to hear, because what you don't know is, is because a church was built and because people rose in faith, two other churches from this community are thriving today, are building in Jay Bay and in Brackenfell. There are churches, and those guys got saved here because a pioneering spirit brought a people who were captivated by a glorious king. So that's what we're on about. Is that all right? So sowing in summer, and, and it is life, and, and in, in many ways in the natural, it just doesn't make sense. It's economic times, it's fees must fall, it's all that stuff. As an eldership, honestly, we've prayed about this for over a year. We've discussed and spoken about it for over a year. God is calling us to not be a settling people. 
He's called us to be a pioneering people. He's called us to be a sacrificial people. He's called us to be a people who will see the ends of the earth change. If it's about us sowing 10,000 rand to a couple who are going to plant a church in Japan. Or partnering with church plants in Blue Downs. Or working hard to make sure that we support the children that God sends to this place on a Sunday morning. We want to do that well. And we want to do it to give Him all the glory. And, and again... This is an incredibly generous community, and we thank you so much. And we'll share that with you next week. But can I pray for us, and we're going to go and have coffees together. Is that good? It was really good. Wasn't it good to have Craig with us this morning? I was so encouraged by that. And uh, I, I, I see that story of legacy from Mr. Slater. Both my parents, grandparents, all died. Very little stories to tell about them other than, unfortunately, alcohol. But my father encountered the King of Kings when I was two years old, and it fundamentally changed everything about our family. I'm so grateful that God keeps doing that. That's what we're on about.